Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. And let me help you rise to the top. And now, welcome to Like a Boss, insights with influencers, creatives, online entrepreneurs, and badasses like you. Here is your hostess, Heather Havenwood, Chief Sexy Boss, helping you rise to the top. This is Heather Havenwood with Like a Boss, helping you rise to the top, your partner in growth in your business and life. And so part of our conversation today is we're going to be talking about relationships with men specifically. So men, if you're listening, go ahead and turn it up because we're talking about you, but we're talking about how you relate to us as women. So I'm super excited today to talk to you um, and bring on a dating and relationship coach, Paula Grooms. Paula, are you there? I am. Hi there. Okay. This is going to be interesting. Um, so coach Paula Grooms combines the advice of Steve Harvey's act like a lady, think like a man with the insights of Dr. John Gray's men are from Mars, women from Venus with two simple ways to understand how men love and commit differently than women. Her popular book, why, why won't he commit explains why the rules by Ellen Finn and Sherry, I forgot her name. I'm not even going to say it. The rules with who I don't, don't even agree with work so well for men to fall in love with, stay commit and love. And we're going to talk about that because I completely disagree with the rules. And so we're going to have some fun conversation. The aha moment you will have from listening to Paula will forever turn your negative feelings about men's mystifying, frustrating, non-committal behaviors into loving acceptance. We'll finally be able to love men the way they need to be loved in order to get the love and lifetime commitment you deserve. Okay. All right, so let's dive in. Uh, how did you, you know, how, you know, what, who says you're the expert is basically what I'm saying. Who says that? Well, yeah, I mean, is this just theory or is this because you've been in the business for a long time or tell me about your background? Yes, um, well, I'm a licensed social worker as well as okay. a, um, an author and a dating and relationship coach. And okay. it's, it's a combination of those two things in being able to work with people where they are mm -hmm. um, without an expectation of them being where uh, they quote unquote need to be when exp experts are working with them. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and I come at my you know, it's a, it's a multi uh, modality way that I work with folks to help them move towards what it is that they want in life. It just happens to be that I'm in the realm of uh, dating and relationships. And mm -hmm. my book has three particular theories that help women understand uh, men in a way that helps them um, love them 
understand that women are loved to such a great degree that they may not even be aware of. And it takes away some of the, um, the frustration or disappointment that many women in our society feel in terms of getting committed relationships. Okay, that was, okay, got it. So, all right, and I'm looking at your, um, what are your one sheets, and it says Kelly Raspberry, who is a Kid Craddock morning show. Uh, I used, I grew up listening to Kid Craddock ah. and Kelly Raspberry. Oh. Yeah, so I know her. Did she ever get married? Yes, she did. She, she did. did. Good for her. Did. Uh-huh. Were you part of that process? Um, in some small way, I guess. Um, you know, uh, yes, we did a podcast. Um, okay. And it's the number one podcast that's uh, listened to. Okay. Uh, yes, by her listeners. So, okay. um, so that's really exciting. Yes, and she did. And she and Alan are, it's called a sandwich and some lovin'. Um, they do their podcasts together. And oh, so nice. I know um, I know them fairly well. Yes. Good. I'm, awesome. I have a close family relationship with them as well. Okay. So that's nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we grew up listening to Kelly and uh, Kate Craddock, who's no longer with us. Um, yes. So, okay, let's move into this. So are you, by the way, are you in Dallas by any chance? No, not now. I was, and I'll be back to do a uh, Barnes and Noble book signing and uh, I'll be back there. I'll let you know when I'm back. I didn't yeah. know you were in Dallas. No, I'm not in Dallas. I, I was there for many years and I live in Austin now, but um, that's where I was introduced to the rules and K- Kelly. And of course the, uh, was it Laura? Is it Dr. Laura show? Wow. Yeah, doctor. She was hardcore, the rules. She was hardcore. Yeah, yeah, my girlfriend and I listened to her pretty religiously for years. I'm now anti really? the rules. Okay. <laughs> okay. Of that, right? So, oh, interesting. yeah, that's that's really over the head, you know, hitting people over the head with it. Yeah. yeah that was really tough. Yeah. Submit to men is what I got. Submit, 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 submit. And I, you know, look, I was born and raised submit? in Houston. Is that what she said? And yeah, submit. So I was born and raised in Houston. Let me finish. So I was born and raised in Houston. And my mom told me three things in life, right? To uh, marry wealthy and have a lot of babies and always look good when I leave the house. Well, you know, one eight three ain't bad, mom. You know what I mean? I have no babies and um, I have no rich husband. I make the money. So cool. here's the thing. And we're going to, I want to talk about a couple of things that I want to go into, but uh, remember this, you know, this is a, this is definitely a dialogue, not a monologue, right? So I want to share my stuff too. And part of the process as a, as a, a powerful woman is like all I hear all the time, it's so free to coach me and tell me I'm wrong, right? But all I hear is like, tone it down, be nicer to men. They can handle it. Submit. I'm like, no, step up, step yeah. up. No, stop teaching women to go into a ball so they can handle us and they can love us in the way they need to be loved. No. How about they step up to the women that we are and we're empowered and they need to step into who we are. Where's the book that says, hey, step up, be the man you need to be to be with a powerful woman. Where's that? Okay. You know, and so in the challenge I had with the rules, when I remember, I mean, I was, I was born on the rules. I was born in the Southern Baptist submit to men. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting conversation, you know, that I, I, I want to have with you because you said you're okay with the debate. So I'm okay with that. Part of it for me as a, in the Baptist side is like submit to men and you need to be a particular way and love them the way they are. But my question to you is being a business longer than me, you're in this business where's the counseling and where's the book that says, Hey, step up, 
and learn to love a powerful woman? There isn't one. And you know why? Because they don't give a damn to do that. <laughs> well, at least it's truthful. They don't give a damn, right? Men are not about in any way to change. Um, one of my, I think I was telling you before we started the show, that sexy mother is one of my um, behavioral modalities in terms of being in a long-term relationship with a man because of this. Um, men decide who they are emotionally uh, at about 12, about 12 years old. In other words, um, they get to puberty and it's like their uh, normative narcissistic stuff takes hold and it's their pretty great. And that's pretty much in terms of, and, and I'm not impugning men. Not at all. It's the difference between night and day, yin and yang, black and white. I um, read a book years ago that changed, that really, the first page of it stuck out with me so tremendously because it was written by two, a male and female researcher that happened to be married as well. And they were researching the male and female brain. And the first page of the book said, um, by the time you get to the end of this book, we hope that you know what we know as researchers and a married couple, that the male and female brain are so different, it's amazing we can communicate at all. And this, the, the problem lies in there, in, on a scale, because there are men who are great communicators, and there are men who are not at all communicators. There are women who are wonderful communicators and not so good at it. But generally, we are the communicative gender, and they are the action gender. It crosses over, of course. And the more we evolve, the more we cross over, and that's a fantastic thing. So what the work I do, like, for example, Sexy Mother, is that what happens for young men when they're boys they are reared by a mother. That's the only relationship or the most intimate relationship they have with a woman. And they're told what to do, how to do it, how to talk, how to behave, how to act, how to do everything in their life. And then they grow up and they're now 12, 13 years old, and they want to break away from that and relate to girls. And they don't know how to do it other than to behave the same way they do with their mother, which is listen to what the girl says, go by what the girl says, do what the girl says to do. And that doesn't work as a man gets older. We want to tell them that because we know better in so many realms of society and emotionality and all that. We know better just because of who we are as women. But we have to do it in a way that allows them to feel manly and allows us to appear sexy rather than just mother telling them what to do. And when I say sexy, I don't mean sex pot kind of sexy. I mean owning your own self, owning who you are, and all the ways that men find women sexy. Men find strong women very sexy. It's the way we relate that strength that will really kind of seal something that is more profound than just the convincing or telling men what they need to do. 
Okay. All right. So, and part of the so one of the things you want you brought up at the topics is how women love through knowing and men love through wondering. Yes. So, I'll let you I'll let you share that first. Okay. Um. It, 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 I believe all of this comes from an anthropological, biological basis. Women to love, we need to feel secure to a great degree and to know, know that we're loved, know how a man feels, know that he's going to return, know that we're not going to be ghosted. No, 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 many, many things. Men, in order to feel love, don't need that. What they need is to slightly wonder about it. When they wonder, when they're in the act of wondering, they're in a more highly uh, evolved state of loving. And this is why the old school stuff of let him pursue you and he has to come after you and you have to, ch- he, you have to run so he can chase you, that kind of thing. I don't use those terms. I use that you must let him wonder. And that wonder can be as big as ghosting him for a while or as tiny as just not answering a text right away and making him wait for that answer. It's as simple as that because that little bit of wondering when he doesn't get his needs met immediately helps him to love. And I'm in the business of helping people be able to get love. So they have to know how the opposite gender gives it, receives it, and has to have it. So how is this different or the same to the five love languages? It's what it can be used along with it because everybody, this is a more of a core, core principles of the differences between how men and women love. But then you add on top of that, um, you are, your love language is words of praise, you know, that kind of thing. You just add that on top of it and that's fine. I'm an engaged person. Um, so I can add that in when I know his love language. It's, it's very simple. You just add it in. And I think the love languages are fantastic. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so one of the things here, I'm looking at your, um, your bio and some things here. And I want you to go down this road if you don't mind. It says, why sure. love and great sex are not, are not factors. So I'll repeat that. Why time and great sex are not factors in a man committing no matter, no matter the amount of love he feels for a woman. Yes. And this is, this is a very, this is a very unfortunate part of it for women. In other words, if women commit through time and sex, we bond through time and sex. So for example, we get, we have a man that we like, we're with him. We like him. We have sex with him. The longer we do that, the more we're bonded. As long as the relationship is going well. Well, that is not the case at all with men. Men can take all your time, tension, and affection and love you, but not make a decision to commit to you. It's very, very different. Their committing does not come out of that kind of bonding through time and sex. They make a decision about it. And the way I frame this is an easy way that women make commitment decisions about something else, which is to adopt a puppy. For example, um, and I'll, I'll go through this quickly. The puppy principle is simply this, that most women love puppies. 
They're cute. They're wonderful. We look at them on Facebook and we get a feeling when we see a cute puppy. And we love them all. Big, small, short, tall, thin, fat. We love all puppies. They're all cute. Men feel about women, generally, the way we feel about puppies. Men love women, all shapes, sizes, colors, short, tall, fat, thin, whatever. They love women. Now, they might like a breed, so to speak, more than another. That's their preference, but they love us all. Now, when it comes time for us to commit to taking a puppy, even though we love them all, we have to have our finances in order. We have to know we're going to be able to be there and take care of that puppy. We have to know we're going to be able to take the time to teach it properly. We have to know many things to feel comfortable to take on the responsibility we see a puppy as being. That's the state a man has to be in to take on the responsibility he sees a commitment as being. So he has to have those things. He can love you to death, but if those other factors, those four other criteria are not met, he cannot be in a state of wanting to commit. What love are the four what are the four states again that he has okay. to have to commit? He has to have. He has to be in love with you. Number 1, right? He has to have his finances in order to the degree that he wants them to be. So if that's making $30,000 a year for him, that's what it is. If that's making $300,000 a year for him, that's what it is, according to his level of need and want and desire. His educational goals have had to have been met. Career goals have to have been met. And he has to be in a place and time. For example, he's got the solid job. He knows where he's going to live. And he's ready to start a marriage and family. He's ready to take on the responsibility. Love does not trump any of those other factors. Those other factors are actually many times more important than the level of love. For us, the love trumps those factors because the way our brain works, we think, okay, we love him enough. We'll work out the finances. We'll work out the, you know, he can go to school while we work together. He can, you see, we just, we, our brains don't function in that particular way about relationships. We will be able to take in all the factors and it's not black and white. It's more of a gray. But when we relate it to taking on, for example, a puppy, we have to, no matter how much we love it, we're not going to take it unless we have those factors ready to go. No matter how much we love it, same deal. Okay, so what you're saying is that men have to have their finances and career and where they're headed handled before they commit. They, not, not, not just handled, but they have to have it at a level where they know that when they take on the responsibility that they see a relationship as being, they will be able to achieve. That's their biggest because men are all about achievement and not failing. Their biggest raison d'etre is to not fail. Mm. So they're willing to let go of relationships as long as if they feel they're going to fail at them. Absolutely.
Right. Absolutely. And that's why so many women are hurt when they don't understand, well, we love each other. Why isn't this? Why can't we get past this? We love each other. Love will not. And again, there are always eclipses. There are men who will, but it's, they're they're the eclipse. So, okay, so we're talking a lot of theory right now, which is great, but can you go into like a case study for a second on a client from where Mm -hmm. she was and where she wasn't and just kind of move into that for a minute? Um, Okay, so I'll take a a recent client who um, got in touch with me for a a 12-week program that I have called the uh, GPS, the Groom Positioning System, Um, and it is about um, creating... Uh, a relationship with a man for uh, for love so that they do not struggle, sacrifice, etc. And this particular uh, gal was um, not even he had he had done so many difficult things, not allowing her to um, understand why the love she felt coming from him was not enough. So she used what I call the leave him to lure him strategy. And if that's done in an appropriate way, it allows him to see, my goodness, if I allow these other things, like my finances not being ordered, which they were not, um, not having the place I need because he was living with roommates, Um, those other four factors, if I allow them to come into play and not let the love trump the other things, then I'm going to lose her. So I worked with her on the strategies to move him up that scale. And sure enough, in week nine of the 12-week program, he came back, they're engaged, and that's that. So it happens, um, but it but it has to be in a in a certain way that allows him to come forward, him to feel that he's making the decision. But because men relate through action and not verbalization, a man can't be told or convinced what he should be doing. He needs so I heard you know recently that someone I had a conversation with about this about about men and dating in today's world. One of the things they said was this was coaching to me personally or I can't remember their name. They had like a little name for it uh-huh. basically. But the principle was that to, to date five minute once, <laughs> five minute once. Uh-huh. Like if you have a guy that you really want, like don't date him exclusively date like four or five minutes. Uh-huh. He's actually committed. Okay. So I wanted to, you know, get your take on that. The other one uh, was to what she called lean back lean back so that yeah, was lean back so if there's someone that you enjoy or like or want in your life as a female is to allow like let like move back not ghost him is one space of that but it's also like leaning back mm-hmm. and allowing him to show up lean back lean back lean back mm-hmm. and uh so i'm curious what your take on both of those Two different advices. Yeah. I, the lean back, If um, my interpretation of that, and I work with kind of that strategy as well, which is energetic because it's energetic work. If we're always going towards someone, their natural inclination just energetically is to a bit retreat from us. So when we 
tend to retreat a little bit, that allows that person to come forward. So I, I like a part of the lean back. It depends in how you are, because the, with the clients I work with, I find that it can be very misinterpreted by the men. In other words, you have to do it in a way that allows them to believe you're still liking them and desiring them and wanting them, but you're not putting all of your energy uh, and you're focusing on them. It's kind of you're focusing elsewhere. And that'll, that's very attractive to men, that your focus is somewhere else. It's on your work. It's on your, the things that you love in life. When your focus is there, they enjoy watching you just like they enjoy watching the pretty puppy play with the, with the toy that they want. That's enjoyable, right? It's just natural and it feels free. And men love that about women. The other strategy you said about like the five minute, meaning rotate your dating. Do not um, kind of commit to a man before he's committed to you. Is that the essence of it? Oh, I lost you. It's not, I mean, I don't, I'm not the coach, right, who told it to me, but I would say if I was, she was here, that's probably what she meant. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a, it, it, you have to do that judiciously, meaning that when you're first dating someone, um, you may feel that immediate, oh, you know, oh my God, this is somebody I really like. And so, so women tend to, because we kind of, that's rare for us. Men are not puppies to us. We don't love them all. We don't look at them and want all of them, right? So when we find that special one, we feel like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, I want to hold on to this because I don't feel this way every, you know, very often. That isn't the best strategy because that's going to make your focus go towards him and that energy uh -huh. go towards him. And that doesn't allow you to lean back. If you've got other men that are showing you interest and you mm -hmm. feel that non, you feel abundance rather than scarcity, that helps you energetically lean back. So it's a combination of the two that I like, you know, mm -hmm. don't put all your eggs in one basket when you're first, because he's got to commit to you first, because if he doesn't make that decision, no matter how much you make that decision, if he's in the state of being a consumer, it's not necessarily going to happen unless you really work the strategies. And I have a test. Anyone can go on my website to take where he is on the consumer versus buyer scale of being ready, willing, and able to commit to mm -hmm. you given the circumstances. I love that. The consumer versus the buyer. <laughs> yes, because men consume women and they self-soothe with women mm -hmm. and it wastes our valuable time. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, I think you're right. You know, that's a big complaint that I've seen for myself over the last couple of years in my life. It's like, uh, men consume us and then we allow it. And then we assume if you're consuming, you want us. You got and it. Yep. That's not actually the truth. Exactly. Uh, for me, my love language is time. So if I give someone my time mm -hmm. and they don't appreciate it, which I find out if they're the consumer later, it, it's for me frustrating. I don't appreciate it. Yes. You no, know, it's very uh, hurtful. So um, I think one of the challenges I see for men and for women today is um, 
I don't know. There's a, there's a combination. I can't really speak for that. I can only speak for myself is that in my experience, as I've gotten older, I guess, and uh, whatnot, and I'm not married with any kids is that I find, I'll say generally speaking, I find that men waste women's time a lot. Yes. And it's almost like to them, they don't have any conceptualization of time. Oh, it's so true. I talk about that in my book. It's so, so, so true. Because it's kind of, it's like, you know, it's like us with shopping. We're not necessarily going to buy, but we enjoy shopping. We enjoy looking at the different mm-hmm. shoes and the different clothes, right? It, right? It's enjoyable, time-wasting, sometimes experience. Well, that's the same. It's why I don't call it a, uh, a buyer and a, a shopper. Because the men aren't shopping. They're just consuming. Mm-hmm. Because until they're in the state of being a buyer, and there's an old saying you might like, that um, women marry when they meet the right man. Men marry when it's the right time. And this goes into that whole principle that it must be the right time and they must be in the state of being a buyer. And now the, the love for you will generally not trump that. So that's where, you know, the strategies come in and sometimes the leave them to lure them strategy really, really works because they have to feel what it feels like to lose you, to realize, boing, I should I should follow this up. This woman was the one. I'm not going to allow my state to maybe lose the love of my life. And mm-hmm. if he's allowing it, then you got to move on because it's a waste of your time. Mm-hmm. If he's going to allow it, you got to move on because he's going to waste your valuable. All we have is our time. I know. Right? This is why I think men, in my experience, I, when I'm in my younger days, I did poker tables. Long oh, time. fun. And, um, part of that is I would realize guys would be there. They come there at the 10 and 11 o'clock at night and they leave at like three or four in the morning. And I'm there, you know, kind of making money at, right. So to me, my time is my money and I'm making yes. money. And I'm like, you guys are just sitting here. <laughs> you know, a lot of times they weren't playing. Sometimes they're just hanging out. Sometimes they're playing. Sometimes they weren't. Sometimes they're just like hanging out. I, I, my experience with men is like, they do a lot of hanging <laughs> you know? yes 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 and there's like i can hang and watch football for five hours and that's okay you know and or i could be with the poker buddies for five hours and make no money and just that's okay and so i've had to realize for me as my time is important yeah you know, that's challenging because my time is important and Absolutely. I, I i i would as like i said i was in the poker side but I was making money while I was there and as soon as I was done making money I left like why would I hang out you know for five hours just stare at people the back of their head while they're playing poker but you know whatever so I think it's just being in your presence I'm sorry I'm sorry just being in your presence you're a pretty puppy and just being in your presence alone is self-soothing to them and i always say in our society if if any of those men sitting there just wanting to be in your pretty presence mm-hmm. if they could have touched you or pet you or whatever if society allowed that they yeah. would but it doesn't but the just being around you in your essence and looking at you is fulfilling enough. And what I say is men self-soothe with women and we cannot allow them to just self-soothe. They Mm -hmm. do that in all manner of ways, texting nonstop, 
and you know asking you you know that it's going nowhere but they want to continue to see you well of course yeah puppy right but we have to put the kibosh on it when we know and that's what i think the test helps women see is that they can kind of see in a in an objective way because when you're in it it's so subjective but in an objective way when you get that score and he's a mixed messages consumer and he's got two uh two um jumps up to be a bona fide buyer that's a long haul and are you ready for that great if you are and you want to use the strategies to right but if you're not a time waster and like certain things that are probably not on the scale, not going to help him move up. Like he's not been divorced for more than three to five years. Likely not going to happen. Those are just rules of thumb. Listen, eclipses happen all the time. Or someone I know who I recently stopped dating, he was divorced for 15 years. Uh Uh-huh. I'm like, yes. Now I really got recently. I'm like, he identifies as single guy. That's like his identity. He's not uh-huh. in creating relationship at this point. He was, he's now divorced guy. Like it's a, yes. it's an identity that he wears. Yes. Yeah, it's an identity that he wears. And anytime mm-hmm. there's like a, he'll consume, but yeah. identity of I'm divorced guy. Yeah. It's more like I'm a victim divorce guy. That's how I'm divorced. Oh, poor me. I'm victim divorce single guy. Right. So, and he plays that quite well. Yeah. And, and I really didn't get that for a long time until recently. I was like, oh, this is like his, I like, it's an identity. Like my identity is I'm a blonde girl. If you try to put me in brunette, I'm like, oh no, 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 I'm blonde. It's <laughs> <laughs> right? an identity to me. Right. So, it, and I get that I'm a Southern girl is an identity to me. I'll always have that and I'm okay with that and I get it. Yeah. But it's an identity to him. And I think that's, if I looked at other people in my life and um, relationships in general, sometimes it's an identity to them to be single Right, single guy or to be the whatever, you know, uh, it's an identity versus like, oh, they're single right now and they want a relationship versus like their identity is single dude or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that you will never know when you start to date a man because any consumer will act like a potential buyer. Yes. And there's the rub. There's the rub. Very good at it. Right. And, and time, you know, time in will help you see, right. If he's really that, but you don't want to waste a lot of time seeing it because you can really tell anyone over the age of like 30 after three months, six months, yeah, three you, months. you know, you know that he's just consuming. <laughs> consuming. Yeah, that he has no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I get exactly, that. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is really awesome. I appreciate your time, Paula. Sure. Where That's can they find you, Paula? Okay, it's whywonthecommit.com. Okay. And they just click on relationship evaluation to take the uh, consumer versus buyer relationship test. And I also have a test there for women who are doing online dating because that's another whole, you know, seven steps for success online is really important. That can help a lot, but it's uh, why won't he commit.com or coach And they can go and buy my book on Amazon or any of the major retailers, Barnes and Noble, what have you, and, and catch me there. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.
It was a pleasure. Thanks. Awesome. This is Heather Havenwood. Check her out um, and make sure you get the book. Why won't he commit? I'm going to go on there. I'm going to go get it myself and just uh, read it. Great. I think it'd be awesome. Thanks. So again, my name is Heather Havenwood. Like a boss, go check us out on like a boss, Spotify, iHeart, Roku, YouTube, and a lot of other places. I want to have, all right, everyone. This is Heather Havenwood. Check me out at heatherhavenwood.com. Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company? Do you want to have more control of your income and your time? Then now is that moment to start and grow a successful business. As a female entrepreneur, I have succeeded. I have bit the dust. I have bounced back to growth and prosperity. But this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business. But I didn't do it alone. I hired my first business coach 13 years ago. And now I help small businesses, solo practitioners and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one strategy session. So go to coachwithheather.com, coachwithheather.com and let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Thank you for listening to Like a Boss, helping you rise to the top. Join Heather's Mastermind at InfluencerTribe.com, where she helps you become an influencer and dominate your field. Follow Heather Havenwood on Instagram. Interested in interviewing or scheduling a call with Heather? Go to CallWithHeather.com. For more, go to HeatherHavenwood.com.